so if you're watching this episode, part of you probably wants to get your money out of KiwiSaver. So these are the top six ways that you can get your money out of KiwiSaver. But before I jump into that, I just want to say that KiwiSaver is arguably one of the best investments of our generation. And you get an employer contribution, you get the government contribution, and making sure that you are diversified and with the right provider, it's an incredible investment. So I hope you're not doing it because you don't trust them and you think it's a scam because it is an amazing investment and your retirement or buying your first home isn't going to be as pretty than if you had KiwiSaver. So the number one way that you can get out of KiwiSaver, we all know about it, is when you turn the age of 65 and you're retiring. There are two caveats. One, if you locked it in and you're between the ages of 60 and 64 in 2019 after July, well, before July 1st, you would have been locked in for five years. They just want that peace of mind that you're locked in for that period of time. But now, since April 2020, that's changed. So you can access the funds, but you're just not entitled to the employer and government contribution if you want to stop it before the five years up. So you can get it. There's hope there. And how does it actually work? So it's not too complicated. It is annoying. Um, but if you want to access the money, there's three types. Uh, you can get it in installments. So you could get a lump sum at some point now and then in the future, or you could get it all out now, or you could do a regular withdrawal. So if you had an advisor, we would say, hey, use a managed fund, consolidate it, and then take out 6% a year, and it'll probably last 25 to 30 years if it's in a balanced portfolio. If you don't have a managed fund, you just have KiwiSaver, same principle applies. Leave it in there, let it compound over time while also taking out a bit of money. So then you're protecting the purchasing power of your money while you do it, um, and you could just set up a regular um, like an income, tax paid, uh, and enjoy life. The second most common way that people would access the KiwiSaver is to buy their first home. So there's a few things that you may not know about when you're going to buy your first home that are quite useful. Uh, one is it's done in conjunction with KiwiSaver provider. So you go to them, you get the form, you follow the checklist, and you get it done. And you can go to Kayanga Aura. Kaungora is meant to help with the whole housing issue and they've got a few cool things that you can use in conjunction with your KiwiSaver if you qualify. Which one is the first home grant, you can get a bit of money for you and your partner. The other one is first home loan, so they can give you a bit of help in terms of getting a loan that maybe you're struggling for a deposit. Or first home partnership, which essentially is a shared property agreement with the government. Um, they help you get into a house when you might not have been able to. And essentially, you've got 15 years to buy them out and you've got to pay the market value increase in the property that you own. Another interesting caveat that people don't know about is, sure, you can't use your Australian super. You can transfer it from Australian super to KiwiSaver, but you can't use it for your first home, but you can use the growth of that Australian super in your KiwiSaver. So those are some important considerations. Another one that you might want to know about is that you can use it um, even though you might have used it before. Essentially, you just got to tick the box of someone that's, buying their first home so kind of essentially financially you're struggling and you can prove it um, and you get the right paperwork then you can potentially use it again now the third most common way that people would access the KiwiSaver is using serious financial hardship so essentially COVID happened people struggled they overused this and they don't necessarily want that to happen again so there's quite a few hoops that you got to jump through but essentially, it's if you're struggling to cover your basic necessities in life, a mortgage provider is coming after you, and you're struggling to fund that debt, 
you got special needs or a dependent with special needs and you needed to help them or someone with a serious illness that's dependent, someone that's dependent that's uh, you have to pay for their funeral. Um, there's a few different ways that you can use it. The thing to be mindful of is the process is really you got to prove that you need it and you're not necessarily going to get all the money. You might just get an agreed amount to cover your expenses for a period of time and the decision isn't actually made by the KiwiSaver provider it's made by their supervisor. So a supervisor essentially is a custodial trustee. It's separate from the KiwiSaver. They look after your best interest. Um, so, and they're usually, there's common ones that look after a majority of providers. But the process is you prove that you're struggling. Uh, you send it off to the provider. They get it approved by the supervisor and then they pay out a bit to help you out. Now, the fourth reason is for a serious health condition. Essentially, you permanently unable to work or you're at risk of death. And then the second one is if you've got life-shortening congenital issues, which essentially means that you have a condition that's impairing your ability to reach 65 potentially uh, and you had it since birth. So they have different criteria, but that's basically the gist is you got to prove that you're in a tough spot and you get a doctor and you get a JP to confirm your identity, the issue, and you get a special specialist report to confirm, uh, and then you're able to access the funds. Fifth way is if you permanently migrate overseas. So if you go to Australia, you can keep your KiwiSaver. Here, you can keep your Australian Super if you want, keep them separate, or you can transfer your KiwiSaver over to the Australian Super. Um, but the, basically, you have to be permanently migrated overseas for at least a year, and then from there, you can have it transferred directly to your account or you can have it transferred to another provider. But with Australia, if you're living there, then you can't just transfer it back to your bank account. And the process is essentially confirming who you are, your address, um, where you're living, that you've moved, making a statutory declaration of saying, hey, I've permanently migrated. Here's an official person that's confirming that. And then voila, bit of money. Or you're transferring it to a qualifying person uh, provider and then that way you can keep it compounding over time for retirement. Sixth reason that you can access your KiwiSaver would be if someone died. Essentially there's two main ways that you can access if, if it's under $15,000 or if it's over $15,000 they have a different criteria. If it's over it goes to the estate whatever the will says that's how it's administered. If it's under $15,000 and it's been shown that you haven't gotten probate or letters of administration then potentially um, it can be paid out and it has a certain order of like spouse, kids, and then it's decided in that way. And the final way that you can access your KiwiSaver is sort of all merged into one, but it's three. So it's bankruptcy, relationship property, or if you have to pay something for some foreign superannuation. So first one, bankruptcy. Just be mindful if there's debtors coming after you. KiwiSaver is treated as separate, so you don't necessarily have to take it out and just uh, approach an insolvency lawyer or someone that's knowledgeable in this field just to see what your rights and obligations are around the debt. Now, the second one is relationship property. In certain instances, if there's a breakup, KiwiSaver is included in relationship property, so you might need to access it to split it off. And the final piece is, let's say you've transferred a foreign superannuation. One, there's tax obligations or there's a foreign student loan. You can access some of the uh, funds to be able to pay that. Uh, so yeah, that is what you need to do if you want to withdraw your KiwiSaver. As I say, it's one of the best investments of our generation. So think twice about it. Um, 
But yeah, I hope that was useful. And if you've got any questions or another topic you'd like me to do, hit me up at ryan at oneplan.co.nz or just search for Ryan J. Melton anywhere on, on the web and just send me a message and whatever platform makes sense to you. Thank you.